Okay, so as many people have said, I don't want to stand. I'm Julia. I'm a compulsive overeater. You know, I'm uncomfortable being up here separate from you, being taller than you guys. Um, I've really learned in here that it feels good to be one of many and to be on, you know, a, a level playing field. And before I came in these rooms, you know, I was either like the ugliest, weirdest, you know, just worst piece of shit in any situation I walked into, um, or I was so much smarter than you, so much cooler than you, you know, all that. And I just did not know had no sense of ease in the world or no sense of belonging Um, and I didn't realize at the time that that's what brought me here you know it wasn't to be skinny it wasn't to stop binging you know it, it was to feel at ease in the world and um that is what this program has really given me. And, and I feel a little uneasy up here right now. <laughs> um, so statistics, um, I've been here a little over 16 years. Um, and I got abstinent from binging and laxative use and abuse and compulsive exercising um, two months in very lucky and um, I had the same sponsor for the first 10 years that I was here and that was super helpful and um, I had close relationships with I don't know two or three fellows that I like talked to all the time you know back in the days before texting everything you know like talked to every night and um I committed to at least two meetings a week, calling my sponsor every day, um, not binging, not picking up laxatives, um, and um, taking a service commitment at at least one meeting, reading literature, um, saying yes when asked to do service unless I absolutely could not for some reason um, raising my hand and speaking at meetings um, trying to think what else what were the early commitments um, yeah I, I you know worked a really strong program for 10 years <laughs> and you know I as many of you have heard before felt uncomfortable saying yes to speaking today because I don't have a sponsor right now and um, life is pretty uncomfortable and I've noticed myself turning to food a little bit Um, and that's what it looks like right now I still go to two meetings a week. I have service commitments at both meetings. 
Um, I have two sponsees. Um, you know, the last five, six years, I've bounced around between sponsors and haven't found anyone that's fit um, quite right. Um, I don't know why. Um, I'm still abstinent. Um, you know, binging is really, what does that look like? I feel like it's different for, for all of us. Um, so there are certain things I haven't done in, in this period of time. Um, and, you know, I go to the gym once a week. I, I go for like a big, you know, at least hour long walk another day. That's it. Um, you know, for me, the story, I, I was never obese. Um, I spent most of my life maybe 20 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, for people listening, I'm something like five, six and a half. Um, <laughs> something like 130-ish pounds. Um, you know, my disease is all up here. Um, I, I could have looked like this at some point before I came in for some period of time, um, but it involved total self-obsession 24-7. Um, you know, I'm not perfect. I need to lose more. If this, then this. If I have this ice cream for dinner, then tomorrow I don't eat until... You know, I can't take it anymore. Um, two o'clock or something. Um, if I if I eat this hamburger and French fries, the next meal has to be a salad. You know, just all the all the math, all the constant figuring out. You know, out at Mexican food, chips, 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 chips. Like I could be with my best friend in the world, and I would only be half hearing what they're saying because chips, <laughs> you know, and, and so I knew that, you know, I wasn't right, and this was, you know, kind of ruling my life, and yeah, I had friendships, and yeah, I had a life, and, um, you know, I'm, you know, a lot of us are like super high-functioning people, you know, been self-supporting, you know, um, I don't know, you know, have fun, whatever. On the outside, my life has, I guess, probably always looked pretty good. Um, and yet, you know, I was, a, I was a scared little girl inside, you know, and I had to put up armor constantly. And, um, you know, never at home anywhere in the world. Um, always different. Um, un come from an unconditionally loving family. Um, you know, of course there are addicts. <laughs> you know, my, my mother, I believe, was one of us and never found the rooms. Um, 
My father, I don't, I don't know that he was an addict, but my grandfather, who I never met, was um, a gambler and um, debtor. And, um, you know, I don't know. I just, like, I'll talk a little bit more about special and different. Um, so 50, almost 52 years ago, um, I was born to, you know, a father who was 50 at the time, which was really unusual back then. And I got a lot of shit, um, for, you know, when kids or teachers or anybody met him, you know, everybody thought he was my grandpa. And so I was different that way. And then I grew up, I was, I am um, Jewish, but not religiously. Um, and all my friends growing up were Japanese American. You know, I learned to count to ten in Japanese probably when I was ten. And, um, you know, always been the Howley. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just always felt different. And, um, you know, that made me special and that made me weird. And um, I'm still both of those things. Um, and so, you know, when I look around, I'm like, so is everybody. Like, <laughs> humans are messy and odd, and um, I can't control them. And, you know, I cannot control people, places, and things. And um, learning that in these rooms has... Um, has made it so much easier, you know, like, I just, I don't have to try to figure everything out, I don't have to try to control everything, um, I don't, oh my god, I don't know it all, I know only a little, this, recently, this, that part of the big book is on constant rotation, we know only a little, um, God will constantly disclose more, I think it's constantly, um, because if I think I know it all, if I think I'm unteachable, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble, man. I'm going to bump up against people. And, um, and, you know, 50 plus years on this earth, um, I have enough proof that I know only a little um, and that God is constantly disclosing more. Um, and that makes it easier and it makes it uncomfortable a lot because um, I'm walking around going, I don't know, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I don't know, nothing's certain. And, um, you know, so sometimes I'm rocked by, you know, the waves and the choppy waters of life, um, you know, and I feel like I don't have firm beliefs to hold on to. Um, but my real reliance is upon God. And um, I didn't have that before coming into these rooms. And um, I use that word not as like a person, male, up in the heavens with white robes. I just, easy. It's, it's like one syllable as opposed to higher power. Um, so, you know, if I remember throughout my day, 
Um, I know only a little. God will constantly disclose more. Um, I'm okay. You know, like, I can relax in the ocean of life because I'm taken care of. And, um, you know, I may not always see the life raft or, you know, have a firm grip on it. Um, And I'm fine, you know? And I'm often, like, dealing with really, really difficult things over here (coughs) and also really clear that everything is fine. And um, it's an interesting place to be. Um, And, you know, that's absolutely where I am right now. Um, You know, I don't know. I don't know where to begin about the middle middle life (laughs) time that I'm in. Um, It's not a crisis. Um, you know, I sort of feel like I'm in the middle of some kind of like reinvention or something. Um, I recently got went back to school and got a new degree in something that I want to move into career-wise with kind of an avocation more than a vocation. And I graduated in May. And I just can't get myself to move forward. And, you know, there's this like, oh, you're in school, you know, you're working full time and in school for two plus years and, you know, take a summer off and, you know, what's the rush and the degree is not going anywhere. And then there's like, I don't want to remain stuck. Um... So there's that, there's, um, you know, thinking about relationships and partnerships with the opposite sex uh, differently than I have, you know, never been married, wanted to have a lifelong partnership and relationship, wanted to have a kid at some point. Those things have not happened. Um so, you know, reframing, you know, God, how, how, do you want, how do you want me to serve? How do you want me to serve in every way, you know, to earn money, to love, um, and trusting that however it is, like, I feel better about myself than I ever have. So, it's all fine. You know, it's just not what I thought it was going to look like. And things can change in a moment. Um, And, um, goodness me, I've had so many fantastic life experiences and met so many incredible people. You know, if it were to, if I were to get hit by a bus, I, I, when I walk out there, I, you know, okay. Um, not the plan, not my plan. (laughs) Um, what else? You know, my, my, 
I've had my current job for 17 years, the whole time I've been here. Um, I love it. I still love it. And it's challenging. Um, and it's kind of time for me to move on. And I still get to show up and be the best human being and the best employee I can be. And, um, gosh, what else did I want to talk about? Am I getting close to my five? You're getting very close. Two minutes. You know, this program has given me the tools to be in the world and be comfortable with who I am. And um, not be in my head all the time, not be so special different. You know, in the time that I've been here, um, I lost my second parent. Um, I bought property. Um, You know, there have been many romantic relationships of all sorts. Um, I got sober. I actually was one of I'm one of the few people who put down the food first and the drugs and alcohol second. Um, and you know, to be honest, that was I'm, I'll keep the focus on OA. I'll try to. That was um, a little over five years ago. You know, coinciding with what I was saying about the first ten years. You know, um, so I was still using. Um, and so, you know, extra challenging. You know, I find myself when when I get angry, when I get anxious, um, suddenly I'm like, thank you. <laughs> um, online shopping. You know, maybe I'm not purchasing things, but I'm just like zoning out, like checking out, just looking at stuff. Um... You know, I want to check out. Life is hard. Life is hard. Um, I um, that just reminds me. I I have two gorgeous goddaughters. No children of my own, but two gorgeous goddaughters. Um, how amazing that I have close friends who tapped me to be both their daughter's godmother. Um, and they told me why. You know, they have family that if something happens to them, their daughters, you know, I, I won't be responsible for them. <laughs> they will go to someone else. But um, these are two people who are not in these rooms. They don't, they don't belong to any religious denomination. Um, they're not spiritual, as far as I can tell. Um, but they see that in me. And they wanted their daughters to have a person like that in their lives that, that they could turn to um, and talk about things that might be bothering them, you know, if mom and dad didn't feel safe. What an honor. Um, and I babysat them last night, and the five-year-old, um, of course, didn't want to go to bed. And, um, and she did this, <laughs> and she... And she Whined and she pretended like she was going to cry. <laughs> and, um, you know, 
it was just beautiful. You know, I got to just, I got to just love her through that and speak to her really calmly and lovingly. And she didn't cry and she didn't throw a fit. And she finally got into bed. And then at some point she asked if I could um, get into bed next to her. And I got into bed next to her and she put her head on my shoulder and she fell asleep. And like, you know, I, I was wondering how late I was going to be up and if I was going to be tired for today. <laughs> what was I going to share? You know, I've been thinking since Wednesday since I was asked. What am I going to share? And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm loved. I'm loved. I feel loved. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know about happy, joyous, and free. Kind of. Kind of. Not all the time. Um, again, you know, like, I don't know how I don't know how to wrap this up. Um, oh, did somebody lose a gray of a lens? I don't know. I'm um, in these rooms. This is kind of the only place the only place where I feel like I'm with my people. Even with my family, I don't really quite feel like this. And we get along really, really well. Um, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable when I'm in a room full of white people, a room full of women, a room full of Jewish people. I need to be... I need to be in a room with like all kinds of different people doing all kinds of different things, but we're connected in this really core place. I mean, for most of us, I'll speak for me, I've been a compulsive overeater since I was a kid. You know, that was, that was the first thing I turned to, um, to soothe my, my fear, you know, fears underneath all the self-righteousness, all the, you know, the not-enoughness, you know, it's all fear. And um, from what I've heard, you know, in the 16 years, you know, you guys, you guys have that too. And um, so we're, we're just so, so connected, and thank you very much, and shoot. <laughs> Okay, this is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions I shared with you today are my own, most definitely, and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Questions? Yes. Hi, Julia. Thank you so much for your share. 
Um, you talked a little bit about God not being like a white dude that has no friends and all of that. Um, so it's not that. Okay, so the question was, if God is not a white dude um, in heavens, in the robes, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If not that, then what? Um, I don't, you know, I don't really know. Um, It's not me. Um, Love. Um, I mean, that's the simple answer. Um, you know, my my particular God is uh, patient and loving, and um, you know, if I feel urgent, if I feel rushed. That's me. That's not God. Um, God is rarely, rarely occupies that space. Um, God is gentle. And um, I, I just always try to turn to, you know, what's... Love. What's the loving choice here? What's the loving thing to say? What's the loving thing to pick up and put in my mouth? And sometimes that loving thing is something sweet, you know? So it, it's, I, I didn't mention all that, but you can ask me, I guess. Um, yeah, God doesn't force me to do anything. Um, you know, nonviolent, <laughs> quiet, calm. Yeah. Do you have a follow up? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> years, I don't think I've ever had one. Okay, and it's loaded. <laughs> that thing that you're describing, because we have a, what what if any relationship does that have to food? Okay, so the thing that I'm describing, what relationship does it have to food? You know, I I pick up food when I'm not in touch with God. Um when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm exhausted, when I feel like I need to control something or somebody, when I'm anxious, and if I can stop and connect to God, whether that's just a moment of pause, or whether that's picking up the phone, or whether that's doing some writing, or whether that's going for a walk or meditating or whatever all the, all the tools that we have um, chances are that'll change what I put in my mouth or don't put in my mouth or how I how, I, how much brain space is occupied by food in my body 
you know, if I turn to God, instead, you know, the brain is occupied on what, what do you want me to do or not do? You know, do you want me to do nothing? Do you want me to say something to that person? Do I owe an amends? Um, do I need to do some writing? You know, because I just want to put that in my mouth right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, food used to be the one and only tool I had for doing life and, and obsession with food in my body. And, you know, now I have the whole toolkit. Um, and, you know, most of all, higher power. Do you have a food plan? I'm curious. Could you talk about it? Sure. So the question is, do I have a food plan? Uh, three meals a day, and I can have a snack or snacks. Um, the main thing is for me to um, not use laxatives and not binge and not like graze. You know, I used to go for as long as possible without eating and then just, you know, eat for the rest of the afternoon and evening. And so, you know, now I, I got to get up and have something and call it breakfast. And, and then around lunchtime, something that's lunch, and then around dinner time, you know, I don't get to skip. Um, and I eat anything. There are foods that are slippery for me. There are things that I don't keep in my house. Um, but that doesn't mean I won't eat them if I'm out somewhere and I'm given a portion. Um, yeah, and then, you know, oftentimes I commit to just one plate of food. That's pretty safe. Um, What's my food plan? Thanks so much for your share. I mean to share. Um, can you talk about any daily practices you have? Daily practices. Um, this is where I've gotten slippery of late. <laughs> um, thank God I have a sponsee that calls me every day. Because the other one's only maybe a couple times a week. Um, so I take those calls, which is so helpful. I hear myself say things that I need to pay attention to. <laughs> um, I try to meditate for 10 minutes every morning. It, when I first came in, by the way, no meditation, then three minutes for a while, then five minutes for a while. I'm up to 10. Um, but lately, uh, it's maybe only happening 50% of the time. And that makes a difference for me. Um, so I'm feeling the effects of not meditating every day. Um, gosh, I may be down to that. I used to read On Awakening every morning, those three paragraphs that start with that. Now it's one day a week at a meeting. Um, if I'm really struggling with something, I get down on my knees and say steps one, two, and three. Um, around that thing. Um, 
I've been thinking lately that might be helpful, but I haven't done it yet. Um, I try to make my bed. <laughs> Again, it doesn't happen every morning. Um, I have something for breakfast. That might be it. Pretty sparse right now. Hey, do you, uh, you talk about, you said you had a sponsor for 10 years, and can you talk about how that relationship ended and show about your quest for a Yeah, that's hard. Okay, so yes, can I talk about how my relationship ended with my sponsor of 10 years and talk about my quest for a new sponsor? So, um, I reached out to her, to her at my, maybe my second meeting, because it seemed like she had what I wanted. She was married, she had a good job, she was pretty. Um, and she had, she'd been in the room since she was like 16, and, and she was approximately my age, a little bit younger than me. Um, and I called her every day. God bless her. She listened to so many messages. Because <laughs> she, she couldn't always pick up. Um, I would just ramble. I can just ramble on about my life. Um, and what happened is she had a kid. And then she had another kid. And her career was also advancing. And so I think she just, I, I mean, I haven't seen her in the room since. So I don't know if she left or not, or if she just went to the rooms where only, like, busy, <laughs> compulsive overeating women with children and careers go to. I, I, don't, I don't know. But, like, basically she kind of didn't have the time for me anymore. And... Um, that, I'm not sure if that's how it was said. I don't remember, but um, it, it was. It ended kind of beautifully because it was right around when my father died, and um, she really showed up for me for that. And you know, in in the scheme of things, when when we lose a parent, it, supposedly a lot of relationships end, <laughs> and that that was true for me. Um, I had a romantic relationship and I had a friendship and um, it, it's a, it's a rough time. Um, and um, gosh, since then, you know, instead of looking for the perfect person, you know, I've just found women whose recovery I've admired and asked and we've tried it out and there was someone who I always thought was kind of mean and um, but I tried anyway and then you know and then I felt like she was kind of mean to me <laughs> sure enough and um, but you know actually they all broke up with me um, wow okay um yeah, and now I've asked somebody else. You know, I'm just asking. And, um, uh, you know, we're supposed to get together next week, and she hasn't said yes or no. And 
I don't know. You guys can check in with me and see if she said yes. Um, uh, I, I don't know. That's all I got. Thanks. Um, so how do you incorporate the, the principles of the 12 steps into your daily life? How do I incorporate the principles of the 12 steps into my daily life? Um, daily. What? Dating. Dating. I'm powerless over people that I go out with. Um, I am enough. Um, I'm a beautiful child of God um, if things don't work out it's not because something's wrong with me or something's wrong with them it's because it's not a match um, which is amazing to feel that way um, I become more accepting you know like I was with somebody for two years we both love music we love totally different music. <laughs> I mean, for the first 30 plus years of my life, if you didn't like all the same kind of music I liked, it, it, it wasn't happening. Um, you know, but we connected on like values and, you know, other, other things. Um, so, yeah, become more accepting, more open. Um, And nothing's urgent, you know. If I'm not hurting anybody and nobody's hurting me, I don't need to decide today, like, is this the person for the rest of my life or is this just right now? It's like, do I want to see this person again? Okay. Let's do it again, see what happens. Thank you. Um, how did you go about identifying defects and then working the steps around them? How did I go about identifying defects and working the steps around them? Um, so I did a step four with the my part column. I did the columns, like the big book. And oh my God, I wrote so much in that column. And many of the same things over and over and over and over and over and over. Self-righteous indignation. Big, big, over and over and over. fear over and over and over and over and over and um, so what was the second part of the question how did I identify them and, and then work the steps and then and then work the steps around them um, so pretty much whenever I'm in conflict with someone or something or anxious or uncomfortable I can I, I'm like What's what's going? What's this triggering in me? What's my part in this? It's all, it's always right there. And usually, even if I'm angry, controlling, wh whichever control came up a lot too. Mm -hmm. What 
whatever is the first thing that comes up into my head, dig a little deeper. It's always fear. It's always fear. I am. The world is scary. People are scary. Um, I was very, very protected as a kid, and my father was my higher power. Um, so I get to try to let people be people, as as screwed up as I may think they are. Um, and they can think whatever about me. I mean, time's up. Okay. I, I of course, want everyone to think I am amazing. But not everybody's going to think that. And, and that gets to be, that's okay. 